What is going on, guys? Guess what? A new year brings in a new beginning. For all my listeners that own a business, I want to tell you about FedEx Office. If you are just starting or have been running your company for generations, FedEx Office gives you the best way to print marketing materials, posters, signage, graphics, and so much more. With FedEx, creating, editing, and saving, and ordering are fast and easy. We are teaming up here at The Christian Hansen Show with FedEx and Podgo to bring our listeners 30% off your next order of $100 or more at podgo.co forward slash FedEx. That's P-O-D-G-O dot co forward slash FedEx for 30% off your next order. FedEx, the world on time. What is going on, guys? No, literally, what the fuck is going on? Uh... I'm not shocked, nor should we be, but I didn't expect that extreme of a pissy fit. Uh, Y'all thought people taking knees was offensive. Taking a knee and domestic terrorism are two slightly different things. I think we can uh, all agree about that on both sides. Uh, Just ashamed to be a citizen. I think we all are. Um, And if you aren't, I don't know what to call you, but it looked like I've seen out a fucking Valkyrie. Uh, just complete embarrassment. I, I don't understand it. Um, but anyways, I hope y'all are doing well and staying safe in this crazy world we live in. Uh, today's guest is Karen Rontowski, comedian and paranormal investigator, along with her podcast as she does. Karen's appeared on The Late Show with David Letterman, Series Satellite Radio, Comics Unleashed, Comedy.com, Live at Gotham, Comedy Central, and Mysteries of the Unexplained. And if you're new to the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Alrighty, let's do this thing. Uh, First and foremost, uh, Karen, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity and my sincere apologies too for the summer and that mishap on my end uh life really just kind of went to shit then so i'm glad we were able to reconvene yeah and make this happen it exploded in all the wrong ways but uh we're here so i appreciate it very much fantastic now i have to ask because i i've been looking through a lot of your stuff and i mean just thinking about the fact, like I just said before we got on the the, the recording here, that we're pushing a year uh, on this freaking uh, a plague. <laughs> you sound incredibly busy, which is great. Many people yeah. in the industry that uh, you know you're in are not doing much right now. So if you can talk a little bit about how how you've been managing uh, your time and how you've been making the most out of this just unprecedented moment in history. Over the past year. Well, yeah. Well, what's interesting is, as you know, if you looked at my stuff, I do yeah. stand up and right. I do tarot reading. Yes. And I kind of have this perfect balance of two weeks on the road and then two weeks at home doing oh, wow. tarot. Mm-hmm. And then, it, I, you, right? You get to travel for two weeks and then you're home for two Sounds weeks. Sounds great. It, it was it was perfect. It is perfect, uh-huh. I should say. I'm not going to complain about anything. So when COVID hit, right. um, I went right to, to tarot all the time. Wow. And, um, and I sold a tarot class, and it's pretty much a month to get an appointment with me. Nope. And 
Yeah, it exploded. And I have the podcast and yes. I have, you know, and I have been doing this for four or five years. So I have a ton of repeat clients. Sure. But, you know, I thought, oh, clamp down. This isn't going to be a lot, but it was the opposite. And, the, and what's even more interesting is people rarely ask me about COVID. They, really? wow. they, yeah, they, it's a, a bunch of other stuff. Um, it might be, will I, you know, have work? There's a few people about wondering about work, sure. but um, it just, it, it's, and it's a very interesting thing. Mm -hmm. In fact, when we had talked, I wrote down the wrong time. It's all good. Because I do maybe four to seven readings a day. Oh my gosh. And it's, and it totally burns out your brain. Like I need an assistant because it's such a heavy focus mm -hmm. and concentration that by the time I'm done, it's almost, you know, I just sort of uh, zone out and stare at the TV or try to go for a walk. So, um, but on the good side, it's been, um, I can't complain. It's yeah. been a wonderful year. My dry bar special went viral. So that was extra money. So um, other than the fact that sitting home is so, it you sucks. know, yes, working from home, it gets a little tired, yeah. um, but, uh, but people have worse problems. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think everyone's kind of realized that too. Like two weeks was like, great. Two, two weeks at home. I freaking love this. And it's like 11 months almost. So it's like, yeah, people do have worse problems. And I think that's what we're all seeing though, too. It's like, I think we've been able to really realize, yeah, no matter how shitty we claim our lives are, I think this made us realize that really we have nothing to complain about. For, for many people, at least. I mean, mm -hmm. there are people out there who have it really bad. And it, it's the case of point evident looking at people lined up in line because they're starving to death. But, uh, yeah, there's really nothing to complain about, I, I don't think. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think it was pretty wild, too. I mean, you you were doing shows pretty pretty late uh, in, into you know the start of 2020. I think it was the first week of March you were still out there. And, almost in the epicenter down in Washington. And then you were in Vegas doing stand up there too. <laughs> was it, was that, I mean, that had to be freaking paranoid. Like I, I, what was that like? Well, yeah, it was almost like the, um, I almost felt like I was chasing the virus or it was oh right gosh, behind yeah. me because I was in Washington the weekend that Washington turned into, uh, you know, not DC, Washington state. Right. Yes. It turned into the, uh, it was the first one that kind of had lockdown and everything started to go mm -hmm. badly. And then I flew out of there and I went, like you said, I went to Vegas. That week I was in Vegas was when it was all that was on the news. And I went right from Vegas to visit my parents in New York, got out of New oh, York. God, just you should have not closed. done that. Yikes. I know. <laughs> and, and it was, um, it was, you know, one of those where we were all, we didn't really know. And then when I was two weeks away from my parents, I was like, well, thank God. If they get it, I didn't give it to them. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. now, I, you know, it's funny because I, it was very easy. Like I said, I do my tarot readings right. on the phone. Um, but it, it actually... I did, you know, even in California, when we could go eat outside, mm -hmm. that was, I could see my friends once in a while, but it's almost like right now is the time I really feel almost a little worse about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever it is, it's the second strain, or maybe it's the feeling that we're, our, I don't know, I, maybe the stress has worn at our immune systems, but I always did the mask and everything like that. But mm -hmm. right now it just feels 
uh, different right now, and sure. I'm not sure what that is. No, I, I know. I kind of know what you mean. Like, I don't. I don't know how to describe that either. But it's like, I just feel like it's just. I feel like there's more sadness now than ever because just like, oh my gosh, like this is could just be over with. I mean, it's like. Mm-hmm. Just, just even talking to you about it when I'm referencing, you know, back in March, I'm like, oh shit, that was almost a year ago. Like, what the hell? Like, I didn't think we'd be, we, we'd still be talking about this. But, um, you know, I was going to talk yeah. about the tarot reading later on, but I'll kind of bring that up since you kind of been touching on that as of, uh, you know, right out of the gates. When, when did that start for you? I mean, comedy obviously was the the thing in the beginning, but w- when did when did your uh, interest peak for? Um, the tarot reading and then obviously the paranormal uh, stuff that you do uh, outside of comedy as well. When did those both start to come in the picture for you in in your life? You know, they were both always an interest and Hmm. um, I really thought it just comedy was my career. That was it. It was going to be comedy, which I did for 30 years, but it was really a side track where I would study the cards Uh and I would learn all about them over and over. And that happened. um, I think it started right around 24, 25 when I went to a great reader that I still call my teacher who said you should buy a deck. Yeah. And then I also got, um, you know, the paranormal stuff was always just fascinating to me. And I would go to home. Yeah, I'd go to haunted places when I was on the road, but it all started to come together, I would say about 10 years ago, when I brought the tarot cards on stage. Mm. And in fact, that's the show I was going to be doing at Zany's for Halloween, which was um, do funny readings from the stage. I have a CD out about it now um, called Psychic Stand-Up Valentine's Edition where it's really making it funny and it's real tarot. So it's almost interesting because sometimes tarot readers will say, that was really brave to bring that on stage. And I always think, you know, I did it the opposite. (laughs) I did it on stage before it was a business because, you know, as a comedian, you're kind of like always pushing the envelope or what can I do next? Um, But they, all these things have sort of just been in my life all the time. And then the idea to put them all together in show business started about 10, 15 years ago. Interesting. Wow. So that kind of leads me into something else I wanted to bring up. So with, with the whole paranormal thing, when, when I saw you at Zany's in St. Charles, it was in that little, little rinky dinky barn up in uh, this, uh, pretty much rundown <laughs> resort uh uh-huh. was there any spooky shit going on there because i i had some weird vibe about that place oh absolutely oh and you know what's funny i think i don't know if it was the last time i was there or the time before uh-huh. everybody said hey can you teach us how to do a you know a, a ghost hunt yeah and so we stayed late one night and we literally went in and did an investigation really? And I think almost right off the bat, we got an EVP, which is, if you watch the ghost shows, electronic voice phenomena, where somebody that's not in the room speaks and it comes out on the recorder. And um, yeah, but that place had a very strange, in fact, we had a lot of lights going on and off when we would ask a question, but um, I can't remember. There was definitely, you know, people don't realize when you're investigating Sometimes it takes hours. Those TV show people stay for weeks sometimes to get something. And that place was pretty active right away. Of course, you don't know it when you're in it. You you have to go home and look at the evidence. But I do think there was some weird stuff with lights going on. I can't quite remember. But yeah, that place was absolutely haunted. 
Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of spooky because, you know, it's like I've been there a lot. It's like, oh, never. I mean, it's, it's shut down now, but it's like, wow, never going there again. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. That stuff's always fascinated me, but at the same time, I've never wanted any part of it. Like, it's always been like, I mean, for you, I mean, are, are you fearful of the fact that this stuff literally just chasing you? Like, th- does that stuff bother you? Like, oh my God, this stuff is, they're going to, they're going to be attached and, my life's going to be destroyed like is that something that like how do you how do you deal with that too like if some bad juju is is really you know everywhere in a certain place i mean how do you how do you remove yourself from that well it's actually it's very interesting that you ask that because um i have had problems with that but also sometimes i wince a little bit when i see paranormal groups that just go in and you know they're just they they're not really thinking ahead of time Mm -hmm. i got very very lucky when i first got into this field that i contacted i want i wanted to do everything from the point of comedy like be the paranormal comedian or whatever and i reached out to this radio show this this could be this could be 50 it has to be at least 15 years ago wow and um I said, hey, would you guys like any comedy on your show? And the guy that answered me, his name was Thomas Durant, who to this day is one of my best friends. And he is a um, demonologist. Hmm. And he always approached it. You know, I'm very leery of people that want to rush in. Or the other night on a radio show, I heard this guy saying, well, anyone can do an exorcism. And I teach 16-year-old kids to do it. And I always like, ugh. Because Tommy (laughs) taught me, I know, everything from a state of caution. And that has served me well. I've only made like one giant mistake and several smaller ones. But when when you get to um and or you're an intuitive person or you read tarot cards in your house you have to know how to cleanse you kind of have to know how to be aware and you have to know um you know how to take care of your own energy in fact um it's very odd but (laughs) i had a i had a well i guess everything about my life is (laughs) i have a friend who's a channeler and on my podcast we just taped a podcast and it comes out january 29th and she channeled uh a demon she channeled it which is not what you would think it wasn't you know voices because it's her voice it wasn't craziness it was that and i think when you talk about demons, I think there's levels. There's lower levels that are more about chaos yeah. that I think is what we see on horror movies. And then as it goes up higher levels, there's different things. And what this entity talked to us about was the balance of life, mm. that they are not about attacking. They don't see humans. They see light and dark. And if something has too much light, it means it's time to call in the dark. And um, it wasn't as much as like a horror movie as um, an, a question that I asked was, uh, Mother Teresa had been possessed. And I, I said, why? Why Mother Teresa, of all people? Right. And uh, the entity said, she took this right pass. She took this pass that she was all good. There was no shadow side. She was all about helping the good. She didn't acknowledge as a whole human being 
we have dark and light. And if you're just going to push the dark out, Mm -hmm. the dark is going to come back. And it was the most fascinating and probably one of the most enlightening um, interviews I've ever put out on my podcast. And I just had a big QAnon thing. I had someone from QAnon. (laughs) Yeah, they came in and they they told me what their plan is. So um I know it's very it's very fascinating. Um and uh this is very odd, but I I hope this stays okay. I my dog is standing at the door as though he has to go to the bathroom. So if the sound changes for a minute, I apologize. Yeah, no, you're good. Don't worry about it. Don't, I mean, okay, you might hear me go through a little echo chamber, but <laughs> that just for a second, that's my hallway. Um, but you sure it's uh, not a spirit? I, just, I know <laughs> I just finished like five hours of reading and I stood up and I was like, oh no, I screwed up. I have to get this, make this right. So, um, so, uh, so this, it, it, this whole thing about knowing who you are, knowing your energy, knowing what's what you know the paranormal should be a really an experience Uh um more so than uh you know what i mean like people that tell me they're they're demon hunters good for you you can have that that's not what i do i don't don't want that yeah i try to help right right but this um i forgot i got a little off on a tangent no you're good this, this interview was uh again mind-blowing and and there were several things in it like um i said i asked when so it was kind of like when they come at you so the biggest when demons come at you there's it's never random like there are the lower levels that cause chaos but it's never quite random so this guy was that we talked to this demon that we spoke to just fascinating about you know, you can't, you have to understand who you are. Sure. That's the biggest way. But also, I don't know that there's any ways to avoid them. Like I said, what about personal demons? Mm -hmm. And he said, you don't get a personal, like each person doesn't get one. But if you, for example, are an alcoholic, you will be on the frequency of that demon. And that demon will come in when you aren't, you know, if you're somebody that wakes up and goes, you know what, I'm an alcoholic, I have to stop. Right. There's a lightness that's felt, like you sort of let go of that demon. But demons were actually teachers at one point. I don't know if you want to talk this much about no, demons. No, this is great. When like they, this is like this is <laughs> this is insane. It's not like everyone's coming on talking about demons, right? No. Um, but Do- oh, Doctor Stella Emanuel, she she speaks about demons. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> the the, the, the okay, demon, yeah. the sex doctor, Trump's doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so he was. They used to be thought of as teachers. And they have made, they, in early, in ancient, ancient years, they made a contract with humans, and it must be this one to keep balance. But here's wow. the thing. They're locked in this dimension with us until we clear up our own shit, so to speak. Right. And I said, how are we doing? And the thing said, not that good. Oh, um, <laughs> Jesus, Lord. Yes. So, um, so it's a very interesting, um, it just was a very, very, um, crazy enlightening podcast. Um, that wasn't what, you know, I'm, I'm going to put that on there. It's not about horror or hype. Um, it's just about who they are. It's, right. It's very, very interesting. Now you've had that podcast. What? I mean, you've had that for sort of what, April, 2019 around that time. Um, my podcast. You mean? Yeah. 
Uh, it could be. You're probably better. Uh, but you're probably more in tune by doing research on me than I will ever be about my own. Yeah, life. I was. I was kind of looking <laughs> through it on uh, Apple today, and that's as far as it went back. But what was the? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like there's this thing now, too, with like pretty much all the comedians are like I. I keep tabs on like all of them have a podcast. Like when, what was the, I mean, at what point were you like, you know what, I should do a podcast. And what was the, the decision? Obviously you've always been fascinated with the paranormal, um, you know, side of things, but what was the, the reason that that was going to be the, the center focus of that podcast instead of something else? Well, you know, everything in my life, um, even my friends, um, everybody's, there isn't, there isn't a lot of non-paranormal in my life. There isn't a lot of, um, uh, the books I read, everything about it, but I had, um, I had no interest in a podcast really? and wow. I also, yeah, I also was at this sort of, um, place where it was like, uh, I, you're doing too much. And it, that is almost every day of my life. I'm doing too much, like, yeah. but. <laughs> my friend uh, Kira Sultanovich had me on her podcast and we talked about because um, she's very psychic also and she said that she got so much feedback and letters from that podcast she asked me if I wanted to do one and it was called Karen and Kira Could Read and we did readings for uh, comedians we did mm -hmm. I did tarot and she did her thing and it was very very popular but it sort of gave me um, all of a sudden, I kind of had a fan base where, like, I always thought, well, it's just going to come through TV shows or whatever. And it didn't. And then I thought, well, uh, now that I kind of I got a couple podcasts under my belt mm -hmm. or I know how to do it, I did mine. And it's been, um, it, first of all, it's unbelievable how much I love it because I was always like, eh, That's I'm not going to. Yes, I love it. I get the best guests are the most interesting guests fall in my lap. Um, and I've also found out that podcast fans are what you want. Sure. They come to the show. They, they buy from advertisers. They're interested. They, um, you know, they send me great emails about what's going on and it's not just paranormal. There's a lot of healing stuff, a lot of healers that are on. Like I said, I don't do that much conspiracy but it turns out I read for someone that was in QAnon and we stayed Jesus in touch. Lord. And I know. Well, oh he's a very, he's actually, it's one of these things where, you know, we have to learn the whole country is split. So to right. learn to get along, here's this guy that's my friend that is, that, you know, he has had a fabulous, interesting life. Mm -hmm. And I was finally like, hey, let come on. Why don't you come on? And the podcast was done from uh, what I guess would be a journalist point of view. In other words, I, I tried to keep all opinion out right. and just ask him questions. And I think I didn't realize like the other day I put it out again and I was like, you know, if you want to know what's going on, here it is from wow. the inside. Yeah. And um, I think some people were kind of like, hey, you're jumping on a negative timeline. Yeah. But I was like, I think you might. This is just listen information. To it and then you'll understand it. It's like, just, just listen to it. Yeah. And especially in January, I think we need to know this because I don't sure. think this is done. No, uh, at God, all. no. I think it's just the beginning, if anything. I think what's scarier yeah. now is though, it's like, he's silent. It's like, there's, I don't know what's being said, nor does anyone because he can't set, publicly post anything. Like, that's the scariest part of 
at all. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what's going on. I think that's more scary than him tweeting every second. Like, we, we know what's going, but it's like, yeah. that's the scariest thing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's crazy that, uh, I, you know, I, the way I looked at it was like, it reminded me of, like, seeing a Middle Eastern country go through turmoil. Like, that's what yeah. I, that's like, we're living, I thought you never see this, but um, just, just absolutely insane. I have to ask too, when, when it came to your, your comedy and stuff like that, um, when you first started out, and I, I've talked to uh, a few people about this, um, Jeff Garland is one of them, because he's helping kind of mentor us through this documentary we're doing on the blues right now, and uh, we just kind of asked him a few questions about uh, those early gigs, uh, and all he could say were, living hell, some of the worst <laughs> stories in the world uh, I, I heard come out of his mouth. Um, for for you, what were, what were some of the, the earlier gigs for you like? Because from what I've heard from everybody that I've talked to in, in comedy, some of them I'm like, so why the fuck did you continue? Like, <laughs> what was I mean? What was so profound? What was what was it about the the career that you loved so much that really kept you going? If you can talk about the earlier times when you started. Well, you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't, I always say, I don't think comedians were made. I think they were born and Hmm. they're going to do it anyways. And there's some, you know, there's some people, it's kind of like, um, it's a very interesting thing because I put out my, I put out my album, which is me doing tarot from the stage Mm -hmm. and it's all riff. It's all in, it's all improv. And, um, it was just such a great, that was, it was a wonderful show that I got to put it out and it went very well and everything was perfect. But somebody right away said to me, you know, that's what I do. And I was like, somebody that had never been on a stage before said, that's what I do. And I was like, well, and I'll always encourage someone to get on stage, but people don't realize, you know, Robin Williams was not Robin Williams when he started. He was a guy trying to do jokes. He was trying to do, you know, it's a process. And Mm -hmm. it's something that I remember when I um, first started out with um, actually some of my friends that are still some of my best friends. We never used the word comedian or comic because we thought there was so much respect attached to it. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be sure we earned the name. Gotcha. And now it's like, I would never tell you I'm an actor. I would tell you I'm a comedian trying to act, but mm-hmm. I don't think I've earned the title yet. And now people get on stage once, or I know people that haven't even been on stage that call themselves comedians. And uh, it's kind of yeah. like, eh. but when you have that much love for the craft, nothing is going to stop you. Sure. And the beginning is just the training and you hear other people's stories about how awful it was and they inspire you. Um, but it was part of, uh, you know, it's funny because as much as there are hell gigs in the beginning, um, to counterpart, I understand where he says living hell because some of them are completely ego busting. That's oh, the thing yeah. about comedy. Yeah. But on the other hand. That's what builds you. Yes. That's, that's what builds you. But on the other hand. You're going to a gig with your friend. You're driving to a gig with your friend. Like, who gets to say that? Right. Like, you think you're, you're coming from a world where people have jobs and you're on an adventure. And once you get that it's an adventure, 
adventure, then it sort of shifts. And you always have a, um, that's another thing about comedy. It's not one of these careers where there's a finish line. Mm -hmm. There's always another gig or you want to get better or you want to, um, uh, you know, even tarot is a little bit like that. I, I can't have a finish line. Whatever the finish line, if the finish line is a watch and a thank you for working for us for 50 years, I can't do it. <laughs> but, you know, which even, even now, there aren't that many careers like that. But, um, pardon me, I'm running through my hallway no, you're again. Good. The funny so. thing is someone just got a watch at work the other day <laughs> for working for 10 years. <laughs> oh, good so, for them. And if right. that's their... If, that, if that's the, you know, if that's the goal, because some people also do want, I just read for someone and I was like, she kind of wanted to step into the metaphysical world, but mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, but you're really comfortable with a system and a paycheck and a time card. And she was like, yes, I am. So for some people, that's great. But for a comedian, I mean, the dream is to have those stories and right. to do that. Um, and also, um, you know, it is character building. Sure. But there's something I, I you can't explain it when it's just the type of thing that this is what I do. So I do remember I um I do remember one of my worst mistakes wasn't even when I was new. Oh, okay. Um it was when I was pretty established and someone said do you want to work in this sort of showgirl show in Elko, Nevada for three months? And they told me what the pay was. And I thought, no travel. I'll just write. I'll just stay in, uh -huh. do the show every night. I'll put out new jokes. I'll make all this money. I oh, won't no. have any debt. It wasn't when what I you thought out. you were getting into. No. Oh, Jesus. No. Lord. Because, first of all, Elko was a nightmare. The place yeah. is a nightmare. It's a rest stop with a lion's, uh, with a casino. And uh, <laughs> then there were all the, the woman that was in charge, the singer was completely insane. And I, I didn't realize she was a cocaine addict. Oh my and gosh. the, the, and also it's another one of these things where, you know, when you do comedy, you're the, do you have a boss for a week? If that, and, and even that guy doesn't tell you what to do. You right. do your show, you go home. If he's going to yell at you, he's going to say, you went over or you didn't do your time. Oh my God. Casino show. I got in trouble for something. I couldn't even guess what went on, but the sound people got miffed at something and went to the casino head who then went to the producers. Oh, who, no. And I was like, who, why doesn't someone just come on to me and say, don't do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like it made me crazy, the red tape and the bureaucracy. And it was, that was probably three months. I, I've never been so broken down as for coming back from that really? place. Wow. Yeah, I'll never do another show like that. I have a friend that does one like that in Vegas. And the gossip and the weirdness, I just, maybe now <laughs> I would be able to turn it off. But I'll never forget, they were, it was so crazy. And, and everybody just in this little dressing room, it just made me nuts. Wow. No, that, that's crazy. I mean, the, the funny thing is, uh, I, I know that place kind of well. I mean, I for work, I I, I don't really like my job. I uh, have a really, <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people who do podcasts who don't like their job. That's why they do their podcast and they just ramble about how shitty their life can be. Um, case in point, one of my favorites, he's gotten so much better, Mark Marin, his intros. I mean, it's just basically his life story and then he does his interviews. But the thing is, Nevada, I, that's my territory for work. I do commercial sales for the hospitality industry for hotels and stuff and Nevada's oh, one of funny. my territories and yeah all it is is 
I I don't think I've called on a hotel in Elko. They've all been motel or roadside inns or, and they're all Mm -hmm. rink. I mean, yeah, they're just, the area is very, uh, I don't know. It's very Elko. It's the Wild West. Yeah, it's crazy. They're the Wild West. Yeah, no, I, I don't. There's a lot of those places in the West and stuff like that, but there's there's never nothing that could ever be offered to you that would ever bring you back to Elko just for a one off. Uh, if it was a one nighter and it was the most unbelievable check. Oh, I apologize. That's my other phone, which I no, don't know even why it's ringing because it should never ring except for telemarketers because that's my tarot phone. So that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so that I could don't be serious. Have to Maybe you should check it out. <laughs> I uh, they'll have my cell phone if it's serious. Um, but um, yeah, it would just. But it was. It was a. There was a. What was it? You probably have called there. It was a red lion. Oh Jesus! I have. Lion. I have. Oh my. Oh my God. gosh! This is freaking. You know what? This is like. Uh, I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but this is weird. Like this is insane. They're actually a good account, but. It's the only thing out there, and the only other thing is a Walmart. But the local people were so insane; they were so hard to work with, and and (laughs) it was I don't know. It was just, and even the people in the show, a couple of them were so insane that it maybe it was the time and the space. But I always had a joke, and please, if you're listening for Christian's account, um, just laugh and let this go. But I, the, 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 they would have a trout, they would have a cricket problem at one point where the crickets would take over the city. They had oh, so many no. crickets, they'd take over the city. And I always said, uh, not in a swarm, in a match of wits oh with the people. Um, but, but they would have at one point where the mountain looked like it was moving because so many crickets had hatched or whatever however they come about and then they would have they would have accidents because however they come out that's great (laughs) the crickets would cross this the freeway there's only one one street one freeway and as the tires would go over and kill them it would get so mushy that cars would have accidents sounds like a scene out of breaking bad it's crazy exactly so that was um that was what that was what it was, you know, that was like their thing. But it was they one one week we had one week off because they had cowboy poetry. <laughs> and I don't know what that is still, but yeah. all these people came in for the cowboy poetry. Wow. That's crazy. Jesus Lord. I, it is. My my goof. It's just crazy, crazy. I I can't believe that like I I know that place. It's just weird, very weird. But uh I, I have to ask too. Um, I seeing you live. I saw you one time. Just seeing your stand up. I I have to ask: Were you an only child growing up? No, I was the youngest of two. Oh, my see, sister, of I was going to ask. I was going to say, if not, I was going to assume the middle child based on just your stand up and the way you've done it. I mean, <laughs> I got that vibe through and through. Uh, <laughs> what was what was the uh, the relationship like with? with your siblings growing up too were were they kind of you know personality wise were they kind of on that same level or were you kind of the one who was just completely opposite spectrum and i mean did that was that a issue growing up 
Um, I had, I always had a great relationship with my sister, but it's funny that you say that because she is exactly everything I'm not. So she was a musician, no interest in sports. She got married right out of, met the right guy right out of college, got a job, bought a house. They live across the street. The quote unquote, like the the way you're supposed to live, I guess, in this country, they say, right? Uh, Yes, but beautifully, like with the right person. She had epilepsy, so she couldn't drive. No, (laughs) (laughs) it was horrible, horrible timing. (laughs) No, it was was a weird uh, It was a weird moment. Um, but um, yeah. but she bought a house across the street from the school she worked in. So mm-hmm. work was across like, and she married the perfect guy that, you know, just did it that way. Whereas I was like, uh, you know, I was always an athlete. I was always in trouble. I was always the one with drinking or drugs. And then I was, yeah. I went off and I became a cigarette girl and then I oh became a comedian. God. And so, but her and I get along. I've, always gotten along fantastically and um great friends like i think we would have been friends even if we weren't sisters but almost exact opposites no kidding and i I think you kind of uh did the perfect build up there you know i kind of went out i was the one doing sports the drugs to the cigarette girl and then i became a comedian i felt like that was the perfect i feel like that's the progression that a lot of people (laughs) get to become comedians (laughs) i don't know like i feel like if uh everyone's either who becomes a comedian i feel like they have parents who've been divorced multiple times they went through a drug issue or yeah i feel like there's really no other there's really no other option it's one of those then you then you become well, a comedian yeah it kind of goes with your personality way. yeah it goes with your it goes it goes with the personality i always say comedians are anarchists hmm. like whether they are railing against the political climate or mm-hmm. they're saying these commercials are stupid, they're somehow going, that's not, well, that's not how it goes. That's not that why this is odd. Let me point out, this is something that doesn't work. George Carlin once said something. In fact, these are my two favorite quotes from comedians. Uh, George Carlin did a bit where he said the crowd was going nuts and he said, nah, you don't like me. And they were like, oh, we love you. And he was like, nah, you don't, you don't, don't even worry about it. Listen, here's the thing. Even if I die, there's going to be another one just like me comes Mm. along and you're going to love them. There's going to be another one. And even if the whole world explodes and there's only seven people left, what's going to happen is six of them are going to start working. And the seventh one is just going to go, that's not right. Right. And he's like, that's who we are. And I thought, you know, it's all it's all a matter of anarchy, which brings in drugs and alcohol sure. or whatever you tell me I'm not supposed to do. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I get that. It's like telling a, a toddler, literally looking at them, don't touch the flame. And as they touch the flame, they look at you. It's like, right. yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Absolutely funny. I had to find out for myself. In fact, someone just the other day, I didn't. I had never heard this before and it made me laugh so hard is um, Tina Fey talking about how to make comedy writers laugh. Mm. And she said, uh, if you want to make an audience member laugh, you dress a guy up as an old lady and you push him <laughs> down the stairs. But if you want to make comedians laugh, you have to actually push an old lady down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, that kind of, I mean, I'm not a comedian, but I, I kind of see where you're going there. I mean, and after, uh, after all the years doing it, 
what's the secret for you to making stand up and you know your your stand up feel more fresh and current um, as time goes on? Because obviously, people that you've you know you've picked up as far as fans go over the years, you know they've picked you up because of you know something in the stand-up the night they saw you whether it was a bit or whether it was something that stood out what's the key for you to staying current and fresh while also you know highlighting and going back on some of your you know your popular bits that curated the audience in which you have today is that hard for you too to kind of freshen it up at times, because obviously people, they're going to come to see you, they're going to want to hear you, you know, the bits that they first heard you, I mean, do. So it's like, right. how, how do you how do you deal with that? And I feel like everyone deals with it differently. I know some people who literally do the same thing. And I mean, that's kind of boring. But like, how do you, how do you kind of freshen it up and, and, and keep current and, you know, kind of evolve i mean i feel like if you yeah. if you do the same thing each night i don't know how anyone gets get up on stage like if you're not creating and you know moving forward how do you do it what's the what's the key for you well the key the first key is always to be writing that is the first mm. thing you always is always to be writing and even if you're doing old stuff filtering new stuff in Within, like yeah. having new stuff come in and go out and also you know that's always exciting when new jokes always do well it's always exciting i love to talk to the crowd hey what do you do for a living which is really interesting because the more too. yeah the more we're in lockdown the more the the more you know the more you miss that kind of on sure. the moment you know, off the cuff, but also that's why, um, I don't think I did it when you were there, but the, sh the, the, again, the CD I put out called psychic standup, it's doing hi, where are you from asking tarot questions? Mm. That is the most exciting. That's the show I want out there because it, it's, um, improv and it's tarot. So it's making my brain work in two different directions at the same time. Every audience is different. So they sure. bring something different to it. So every show is different. It, you know, it forces you sometimes in tight corners that you have to find your way out. What do you say? It also forces me to be very dark mm. humor. You know, like I said, someone may ask a question about someone who's dead. And my brain wants to immediately insult the dead person. And you have to be careful because <laughs> yeah. you can't, you yeah. know, but it may actually make the person asking the question laugh. So that is, to me, that is the ultimate challenge to do that show every night and to, to nail it. And you don't always nail it, right. but then it's digging yourself out of a hole. So that to me, trying to, uh, the hardest part right now is marketing to get people to be okay with that show, but they're starting to, club owners are starting to lean towards it. Hey, could you do that? That is the most is fun hard? and challenging. I mean, why would it be hard to market? I mean, geez, I mean, the, all the weird shit that goes on now, especially uh, in the most powerful place in our country i mean you i mean you think anything's possible i mean i don't understand well, why do you think that the show that you want to do 
is is a marketing issue uh it's very hard because when people go to see comedy and then they see this kind of there they're like well is she telling is fortunes it comedy or is, she, or is it or is it yeah. yeah okay or am i seeing a psychic what am i seeing right because it's never been done before, mm -hmm. it's a, a little bit of a, a marketing quagmire. On the other hand, once people see it, they will come back again. Right. But it's almost like you have to put, I just did it in Arkansas, actually quite a few months ago before everything shut down. Maybe it was October. Um, and they marketed it as a comedian and then let me do it. In fact, asked me to do it. And that went pretty well. So if we if I can get them in on the comedy, I can usually drag them along with the tarot. Um, and it went really well. And we actually Facebook lived it, which is even better oh, to get great. people in there. So um, but to what what it's um, when they don't know what's coming up, it's right. why it's it, it, then it's tough. But my next comedy special, whenever we get crowds together is literally a long story about where we started this interview, which is a, an attachment that got, came home with me, something that we were fooling around oh, with no. witchcraft when we shouldn't have, and something got attached to me. And that might be the whole special. Like, I might put that, that out as a 30-minute special. Hmm. And if that goes out there, people will come in and expect, they'll know me and they'll expect that. So it's all kind of a marketing buildup, and then seeing what hits and who can come to the show. That, but it's just a little of a strange, strange marketing sure. thing. So, would you say then? I mean, with the the way you put that, then would you say that any special for any comedian is literally a comedian's press kit to a career? Because I mean, yeah. once that that is literally saying, okay, I'll go see them. Like uh, those. Yeah. I mean. How how important and critical are you to pursuing that idea for the special? Is there so much stuff that goes into making that actually happen? Because obviously, this sounds like something you really want to do, but you also don't want to. You, you want to do it the right way. Is there right. is there hesitancy as to waiting, or is this something that you do just want to get on it right now? Well, you know, it's funny because that was supposed to be my Halloween weekend at Zanies. Uh, at Zanies, we and they were promoing it, and I was promoting oh, it. And we had, yeah, and then literally on Wednesday, I was supposed to get there on Thursday. They called me on Monday and said, "Hold on," and um, then Chicago shut down. So, yeah. um, but you know what? It's very interesting because I think you can always work harder. And at that point, it would have been a 20-minute story, a 15 or 20-minute story. Mm -hmm. And the more I write and put into it, it's looking like a 30 to 40-minute story. There you go. Which, so, so good came out of it. Sure. When it's going to happen, I don't know. And I do enjoy doing Zoom shows, which I do quite a bit. But it's a very interesting, sometimes what works on Zoom doesn't work on in front of a live exactly. crowd yeah and the and also it's like with twitter jokes some jokes are just for twitter they don't make it to the stage so everything i think we're all going to be starting again in 2021 so it'll be a year of adjustment but it's you know you just got to keep going it's going to be what it's going to be it's like your beginning question about why would you continue because we're comedians i see I see what I just call, they're not real comedians. 
that will leave the business. Mm -hmm. But when you see a real comedian leave the business, you know you're going to see him back soon. And then you see him watching the show. "Eh, I just came to watch because I think you're funny. And then a month later, they're back, you know, working stuff out. So, so it's a, it's, it's, uh, we'll all be back. We'll just be working it out from a different space. Sure. No, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, what you said, yeah, that, that, that all makes sense completely to me. And the thing is, you mentioned with the Zoom thing, that kind of led me into something else that, uh, has been a very interesting thing as far as adapting, um, to this is for people like you. I mean, you, you guys have built a, a livelihood off of human interaction and energy within, uh, you know, a room working a room. I mean, everyone that I've seen, they usually start the night working the room, just saying, Hey, you know, anybody here for the first time, all that stuff. And now Mm -hmm. trying to do this is virtual thing to nobody. Yeah. I mean, I would, that's, started like kelvin evans he told me he couldn't do it he could not do it but his um his girlfriend was like you could you could do this you're funny that's why people come he's like, i can't do this nobody's here just she's like just do it and it was a hit but it, it was even yeah. like it's working but it, they're, you're not getting anything from it i mean it's working but you can't see that it's working how do you deal with that? Like, I don't understand because people are commenting stuff. Oh, this is, but it's like, it's not the same thing. No, it's not. And you can get, uh, like you can have the audience unmuted. In fact, if a, if a club is doing it right, they will have the crowd unmuted. And if there's an issue or somebody's too loud, they can mute that person. So they'll kind of have someone on it, mm-hmm. so to speak. And that's a really good thing um, because then you can do it. But the difference is you have to pause. You have to take a longer pause. You sure. have to understand there's a Delay. second, there's a beat there. So you can do some really good shows, but it is something that you have to work your way into. It's like a learning another skill. I think I did 10 Christmas parties this year oh in one gosh. week. Yeah. And so it was, it was knowing that new skill and some of them were terrible. And I've done shows for people that asked me to pre-tape it with just me. So it's all, you know, oh, it's those all are the, different. those are interesting sounding. Yeah. Those are, those are, I don't know. Thank God. I don't want to see how those go. <laughs> oh, so you just but, record it and then you go, okay, I'm sending it. And you don't, you don't mm-hmm. even look. Oh, that was all they wanted. So, um, mm. and some of them were big money. Yeah, uh, but that's crazy. It is crazy. It's just a new world. But Whatever, then on the yeah. other hand, for uh, I think I did a hundred episodes of a video, um, one minute mid- videos called Paranormal Karen, where uh-huh. I went to haunted places and just did jokes. Or I did um, how to be a, an astrologer, how to make an astrology tape. Yeah. Um, and I would say things like, you always got to tell people the future is coming <laughs> and just stupid things like that. Well, unbeknownst to me, they started to go viral. Yeah. So the wise guys one was hilarious. Point. Oh, yeah. There's one, there's some I did where I was just asking my parents about ghosts and they're not even talking about <laughs> ghosts. And, but now it seems, so now I'm re-releasing them yeah. because that, you know, everything's on video TikTok. Now. and I, yes. And my dry bar special went viral during COVID. Oh, that's great. So 
it that brought in more money. So, you know, we're all making that adjustment to mm-hmm. video now and then it'll go back to live and just you got to you got to be flexible. Yeah, no. Uh that's no, that's exciting though. I mean, if anything could go viral now for people Yeah. in the industry who've literally been out of, you know, I mean, that's that's crazy. I think I think that the craziest thing is though is how um a a sophomore in high school could literally be the face of social media because of a six mm-hmm. second video. That drives me crazy. Yeah. Like they can, and like whatever, they financially they can they could set themselves up based off like a five videos and never like and be set for a good amount of years. Like that's that's aggravating. For for someone who's <laughs> been who worked so hard creating and um putting all this time and energy in, into a craft to have that happen. That's aggravating, isn't it? Well, it can be, but you know, um, it's, it's where he'll have, yeah. And that person will have that market sure. and that one thing and that's fine. And then also what is the rest of their life? Well, how horrible is yeah. the life when you peak in high school? Um, yeah, and no now, kidding. <laughs> Jesus Lord. Yeah. Wait till your and 30s. now I have, Right. That now I have a body of work. Um, and also, you know, my life is really great. Like, it sounds I get to like do, it. Yeah. Easy, I get you're to constantly working. It's that's exactly. what it should be like. I finally got a chance to go on dating apps and meet people. Oh, those are weird. Out- I, I've done that a few times <laughs> with some people, and I've had to, I've had to block a few girls. Like, literally, I go, what the fuck did I get myself into like but see the thing is with well, those is like i can't go to a coffee shop like socially like i can't like i i like i don't know it's weird everything has to start be like in the interwebs i can't do this like in-person thing right away but uh people are weird right well yes they are but that's also why covid was great is you get to meet <laughs> them and you get to you Protect get to yourself. talk longer <laughs> I know. And, um, and I hadn't been on them. And for some reason, uh, now I'm having a blast and I'm meeting all these That's nice great. men. And, um, yeah. so, so it, you know, it, I didn't have time for that before. So, right. um, but you know, I kind of enjoy it. it. Yeah. I do just enough stand up. I do just enough tarot and, uh, everything's cool. There you go. That's not, I mean, that sounds great. I never thought about it that way either. Um, now you have that time to, to catch up on Meet that part people. of life yes exactly i mean yeah you're meeting people after shows but it's like hi bye cool all right yeah uh see you next time it's and you know yeah. it's just a revolving door i mean you don't I, I feel like it'd be hard to remember certain people because i'm sure that happens to you be like oh yeah i was here last time and i saw you and in that moment you're trying not to make it awkward and you go oh yeah i totally remember and then you just make up (laughs) this bullshit thing and now you got them feeling excited like you remember them but uh yeah i don't know some people are good about remembering people though um oh yeah some people remember everyone i can't do that no and people already expect it but it's worse when I've done a tarot reading for someone. Oh, and no. Then, and then you forget that. Right. And they might say, you might remember last time I was married to. And I'm like, I don't don't assume I remember anything. I don't remember anything. That's a weird anything. way to start this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Knowing so much about someone. Yeah. And it is personal because you were talking to them about their personal life. So it's weird to like be like, yeah. But then again, most of them are like, you read like 20, 30 people a week. So I don't expect you to know. Yeah. 
I mean, that's got to be emotionally draining for you, though, too. Like, I mean, you're finding when you do these two, do you, I mean, do you feel like a mandated reporter at times? Like, is there times where you're like, hey, I should probably report this? I mean, or do you keep, oh. <laughs> or is there certain, I mean, confidentiality, obviously, and HIPAA is certainly something that, that I, I feel is in place in situations like that. But it, have there been times where you had to make decisions where you're like, you know what, I honestly do think there's something wrong here and this person needs help how do i intervene and what's the how's everything unfold in situations like that you know i've been really lucky with that um it would the more of the worry would be someone that was suicidal Mm. and you have to wait about two weeks to a month to get an appointment with me so (laughs) well yeah well i don't some people don't have that time Right. So maybe Yikes. that goes to someone else. But um uh, deferred. <laughs> maybe someone else I don't got know. that. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? Yikes. Um I haven't been too worried about that. And I certainly haven't been worried about anybody that was um causing trouble or hurting sure. someone else. Okay, that's good. So I, I've been very lucky about that. And a lot of that gets filtered out. And also it sort of goes with that feeling of you get what you send out. Yep. So I get a lot of people from my podcast. I get a lot of people who hear me on other podcasts as, 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 uh, you know, and I get, and I think I probably 50 to 60% of my business comes from referrals from other people that said, so I, I haven't been, I haven't had too much trouble with that in the beginning when I was a little insecure, I may have gotten more people calling about curses or, um shenanigans like that but uh-huh. now everything i kind of get what i send out so to speak oh all right. well there you go that that's good but uh yeah i don't think uh someone who's uh struggling contemplating life is gonna be waiting a couple months or so for their appointment but you know what yeah. if they do you've won i mean that's incredible yes, but, i know <laughs> but uh yeah no uh i just i just really hoping we could get back to this uh this this normal i don't want this new normal thing i mean i i mean yeah i know things this new normal it's going to be a little different but it's just crazy because i i do i work in hospitality too so like my part-time gig was doing uh, live concerts photos and working at a concert venue so it's like that was the fun part of my life and to not have that for 11 months it sucks so uh i'm really hoping we can uh, get back to this soon um, one last thing I have to ask. So when it comes to your tarot readings and your future predicting, um, I mean, based on what happened yesterday, what the hell do we have in store for the next 13 days? You got to help us out here. Is there any, okay. Is there anything? <laughs> I mean, is there well, it, 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 all jokes? I mean, it's comedy at, at its finest, but uh, what are you, I mean, is someone who does this, is there something, I mean, is there anything that, you could kind of, you know, I mean, what do you have to say about all this? Well, in the I terror think reading it, sense. I'm not getting political. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, this is something that actually uh, everybody in my industry, you could say, mm-hmm. spoke of for years. In fact, it's funny because there's a comedian that hates psychics. And I remember she was interviewing someone and they said, he said, well, I'm, I can't believe no psychics ever saw um, COVID coming, right? And I wanted so badly to just say, who did you watch? Because actually every astrologer and psychic on YouTube was talking about it for years. And I still have a lot of clients that call me and are like, you called it. And this 
they this January month, mm-hmm. all the 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 astrology and the psychic stuff that goes on on the twentieth and the twenty first uh-huh. is probably one of the worst um, planetary alignments in six hundred years. Wow! So what I want to tell people is just lay low until the end of January. You know, if you have to go to the store, that's great. But just lay low and expect things to get weird. Now, I hope that yesterday was something that happened that peters out, but I don't believe it is. I believe we are just in for a lot. If you are in your home, you should be safe. Get your food for two weeks like you were supposed to have with COVID and just hang tight. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm doing, but uh, it's hard because at the same time, it's like you don't want to turn on the TV and there's nothing on TV when every channel is i mean they're breaking disney now for (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh, yeah no well hey listen i i appreciate you you coming on and uh you know just taking the time out of your crazy busy schedule to uh to chat i I really do appreciate that well thank you for having me and thank you for putting up with all the nonsense no it's all good hey listen i think i think being busy in uh these times is really important uh yeah certainly i mean not being busy is when you start to lose your mind literally. exactly i mean this is uh mental health the past i mean it's got, we're going on a, a full gear in this country as the numbers are really 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 depressing to look at uh yeah and, and it's not even it's not even like you know young adults we're, we're talking kids you know and yeah. all of it has to do with uh, you know s- their social life being stripped they can't socialize like kids are supposed to do so it's yeah uh, staying busy is is great right now it's it sure yeah. is but karen thank you so much you got it my friend we did it that's right we did <laughs> well there you have it my friends that was my interview with karen rentowski comedian tarot card reader paranormal investigator and podcaster if you enjoyed that interview be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify and iHeartRadio, and be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube because we have some video content up there now as well. Video interviews with Say the Answer and John Duplanty of the Arizona Diamondbacks up there right now. Be sure to check it out, hit the subscribe button, share it, leave a comment, review all that good stuff, and help us out because every time someone leaves a rating or a review, that pushes up up closer and closer and closer to the top when it comes to google searches and things like that so be sure to do that follow us on social media as well we are on instagram at christian hansen show visit our website www.thechristianhansenshow.com and let us know what you think thank you so much for tuning in stay safe and we will see you on thursday with pitcher for the cincinnati reds ryan newtoff till then stay safe and be well